Better yet, he will carry you into the next chapter of this life. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's the only one that can go with you wherever you go. So this morning, I just want to give you a few reminders as you go with God. You're probably familiar with the story of Daniel, and I may tell more of it than I read for the sake of time, but I do want to read the first um, seven verses of the book of Daniel. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, and some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave the names. Daniel, he gave the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Here's four young people and many more, but they, this book outlines four young people like yourself. You see, these four men, I say men, they were young people, maybe your age, maybe even younger. They were forced to leave home. They were forced to leave their parents and their family behind. They were forced to leave their church, their temple, and their worship. They were forced to leave their school their Hebrew education. Now, you're not being forced to do that, but I think you can relate to these four young people. They had to leave behind all that for a new chapter in their life. And I want to give you three reminders. Number one, as verse 8 says, Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself. I want to ask you this morning, and we got a great group of young people. I'm so, I really am impressed with you young people. You know, I was before, but just to hear what you said today, just, you know, swell up with, with just appreciation and, and, I hate to say pride, but pleasure in, in each of you. And, and I know that this is what you want to do. So I want to encourage you to make a commitment even today. You probably already have. Before you go off to college, before you take the next step, I want to purpose in my heart. I want to do what those four young men did. I want to make a predetermined commitment in my heart not to defile myself. Now, we've all defiled ourselves with sin. All of us are. We've all done things that disappoint God. But when you go off to college, the temptations are going to be so much greater. And you can't wait to the moment, the heat of the moment, to make that commitment. Daniel predetermined, he purposed in his heart not to defile himself. And there are going to be many ways that you can do that. You've already been exposed to a lot of temptations in school. And you've overcome a lot of them. Maybe you've given in to some of them. But you know, God's, I want you to also know God's grace and mercy and forgiveness. But I also want you to know that His grace can keep you from making some of those same mistakes again. And He wants you to live differently so that others see the difference your faith makes. 
See, when they, they put Daniel and his friends to the test, Daniel asked for the test. He said, all right. He, he said, I don't want to drink the king's wine. I don't want to eat the king's fancy food. Just let us eat the way we were raised to eat. And test us for 10 days. And they tested them for 10 days. And they found out that these men were stronger and wiser and more physically fit than any of the others who had been drinking the king's wine and eating the king's delicacies. So live in such a way that others can see the difference that your faith makes as you go off to school. That's reminder number one. Purpose in your heart not to defile yourself, even when you're tempted. Number two. Reminder number two. Make this covenant with each other. Some of you are going to the same school. Some of you may not be. But uh, make this covenant with other Christian friends. Daniel and these three boys, Ananiah, Azariah, and Abednego, <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they made a covenant together. They weren't in this alone. Ecclesiastes 4.12, I love this verse, and I've used it quite a bit lately. It says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a, three cold, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Stand together. You see, if you're, all, if you're out there all alone and you're facing these temptations, it's harder to withstand it. But if you know you can phone a friend, you can call somebody, or, you can, or you're, you're with another Christian friend, or you can depend upon somebody, it makes a big difference to know I've got somebody who I'm accountable to. I've got somebody who I don't want to disappoint. I don't want to have to face them knowing that I've given into this temptation. So make this covenant with one another. You'll be able to withstand the pressure to compromise much easier. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were pressured to bow to this statue that King Nebuchadnezzar made. In fact, he said, bow or die. And they had made a covenant together. We're not going to bow. Die or not, we're not going to bow. And they even told the king, Said, you can do whatever you want to with us. We're not bowing to your statue. We worship one God. Remember that when you go off to school. Who you belong to. Yeah, you belong to your mom and daddy. But I heard every one of you say, I want to thank God. You belong to God. You're his. You can bow to no other, no matter what. And you're going to have pressure to compromise from your peers. To bow, to do what they're doing. Because everybody else is doing You see, everybody else in the land bowed to that statue. But those three, four boys, they didn't. You're going to have pressure from your authorities, your professors. Because not every professor you hear and sit under is going to be a, a believer. They're going to pressure you to adopt their philosophies. And you see, it says here that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego actually spoke to the king and said, very bravely. These were young men. Listen to what they said in verse 19, 16 to 19. They said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. And boy, that ticked him off. It says the very next verse, he got so stinking mad, his face turned beet red, and he turned the furnace up seven times hotter. Don't worry, don't fear the wrath 
of any authority who doesn't believe in God. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven twenty seven, Moses says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Don't fear being mocked, ridiculed, or the wrath of some person in authority over you that, that doesn't believe in God. Stand true, stand strong. You need to respect your authorities. You don't want to incite any kind of wrath. But be faithful and true to God. And they may turn up the heat. But even if they turn up the heat, be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They didn't have any last-minute compromise options. They weren't going to say, oh, you turned up the furnace seven times hotter? Okay, then we'll bow. No. Did they get thrown in the fiery furnace? They did. Did they, did they get burned up? They didn't. You know what the result was? A king saw Jesus. He saw the Son of God. See, when you stand and you count for Him, you come together, you can allow other people to see God in a mighty way. Whether they believe in Him or not, it's up to them, but they can see the power of God in your life. So reminder number two is make this covenant with other Christian friends. Don't try to go it alone. And last reminder, when the world tries to drag you down, and trust me, they will. They're not going to like the fact that you stand true and strong for Jesus. They're going to despise you and hate you, and they're going to try to drag you down to their level. When the world tries to drag you down, maintain your connection to Christ. You see, in, uh, the, in Daniel's life, he had, because the king saw that, that he was wise and good, he elevated Daniel to be number two in all the land, kind of like Joseph in Egypt. And this made his peers jealous. And they connived this plan to cause Daniel to stumble. And the plan was that he, they tricked the king into signing into law that nobody could petition their God for a certain amount of days. Well, we come to chapter 6 in Daniel. We read in verse 10 that um, it says this. I say verse 10. I think it's... Uh, yes, verse 10. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And listen to this last phrase. As was his custom since he was a boy. See, this wasn't something new. Daniel wasn't trying to, to create problems. He had been doing this all along. Even though the king outlawed it, he was maintaining that devotion and loyalty to God. The Bible says in Psalm, Evil people try to drag me into sin, but I am firmly anchored to your instructions. Daniel was raised just like you were raised. He was raised in a godly home. He was raised coming to church. He was taught the word of God. And so when he was thrust into a pagan environment and surrounded by wicked and evil people that wanted to drag him down, he stuck to, he was anchored to what he, how he was raised. He spent time with God in the Word and in prayer. When you go off to college, you're going to need that more, not less. And I know that when you go off to college, I've been there. The demands on your time do not decrease, they increase. And what's the most challenging thing to do is to maintain your time alone with God. But it's sad. And again, I speak some, some from personal experience that sometimes that's the first thing to go. 
Oh, I've got a big exam. I've got a big project, a big paper. I don't have time to read my Bible and pray. That's the temptation. You see, the world's going to try to drag you down. And your biology test is not what's going to lift you up. Your grade on that project's not going to lift you up. Who can lift you up? God. And your connection to Him is so vital. I was reading a book this week entitled Gospel Reset by Ken Ham. He shared a statistic from the American Research Group. said that two-thirds, 66% of young people, now these, I don't believe this is true for this group of young people, I think it's across the board, 66% of young people leave the church by the time they're college age. And I wonder if it's because they forget their upbringing. Don't forget your upbringing. What got you here? What got you to the place you are spiritually is what's going to keep you there. It's your connection to God and His people. Don't forget the church. Don't forget the people of God. I heard every one of you, and I was so pleased to hear every one of you thank your youth pastor. How did you meet him? Where did you go to meet him? Church. I heard every one of you thank this group of people. How did you meet us? You had to come. You know, there's, there may, you may go off and, and, and find another church. Praise God, I hope you, if you're not going to be able to come here, we hope you go to another one. But get connected to the people of God. They're going to help you. They're going to help you through this thing called life. And again, these three reminders. Number one, purpose in your heart not to defile yourself. Number two, make this covenant with one another. And number three, when the world tries to drag you down, maintain your connection to Christ. That will be the key to your spiritual success. Now here's what I want you to do. One, two, three, four, five. So Georgia, this way, and Chandler, this way. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to get up and spread out down each aisle. Chandler, and this way, y'all spread out down that aisle. And Georgia, this way, y'all spread out down that aisle. And your church family is going to come around you, those that are nearest you. And I know, parents, don't worry about trying to get to your kid if your kid's on the opposite side. It's fine if somebody else prays for your kid. <laughs> That'll be a good thing. You can pray for them at home if you don't get a chance to pray with your kid here. But we want to pray with you. And so the people of our church that are closest to you, I want you to just gather around them. I want you to put your hands on them, and if you can't reach them, you just put your hands on the person in front of you who's putting their hands on them or whatever. And I want somebody in that group, somebody in that group, to pray over that person. You need the name, okay? Make sure you get their name, and uh, pray for them. And pray, maybe you could use these three things, as we talked about, that they purpose in their heart not to defile themselves, that they make good, godly Christian friendships, and that when the world tries to drag them down, that they maintain their connection to Christ. That could be what you pray for. But God may put something else on your heart. But that's how I want us to close our service this morning. And then we'll have a time of where we can all respond, and then we'll close with a, a brief announcement. So, uh, Georgia and Natalie, would you all lead the way that way? And uh, Gretchen and Tori and Eli, just spread out. And then Emma, if you all would lead the way that way and just kind of spread out. Give some distance between you all.
Very good. Now, church family, I want you to stand up, and I want you to surround these young people, and I want you to pray over them. You published a sheet. Church, and let me just also, um, you got a sheet with their pictures and their names on them this morning. You know what you could use that for? That'd be a great prayer list. What if you hung that on your mirror, your refrigerator, and uh, as they're beginning this new chapter... Uh, you pray for them every time you go open that refrigerator, you know, and just lift these young people up to the Lord. We say we believe in helping our young people, and, and we won't maybe be seeing these as frequently, but we need to continue to encourage them and lift them up in prayer. So, church, thank you for praying for them. And uh, this is just something God put on our hearts as a staff this week to do, uh, because I know I can speak to them and endlessly, but... I know what they would remember. What would impact them the most was their church family took the time to pray over them and to love on them. And it's not over. Uh, you can still do that even as uh, they come back home. But we want to respond also to what the Lord has done here today. And there may be somebody here today that needs to respond to what God is doing and uh, what God is speaking. And uh, maybe that you're looking for a church home and this is the place where God wants you to come. You've heard testimony from all these young people talk about this church and what it's meant to them. This is a wonderful church. It's not a perfect church, but we do have a very loving fellowship here. We're grateful for that. That's God's 
presence here. And if you're looking for something like that, if you're looking to experience God and to belong to a family like this, we would love to have you if God's leading you here. You can step out and just say, Brother Lee, I'd like to do that, and we can get you plugged into our new members class. We're going to start, we'll have that again the, uh, starting in June. We do it the first Wednesday of every month, and we can get you on track for that. Uh, you may need to make a commitment to Christ, the first time commitment to Christ. You've never been saved, but you'd like to be and you would like to commit your life to him, you can step out and make that commitment this morning. Just come down, take me by the hand. Say, really, I want to commit my life to Christ. I want to be saved. I want to belong to this family of God. Well, God may be leading you to do something else during this time of invitation. But let's respond to him as we stand and as we sing this morning.